Such mystery surrounds the Battle of Armageddon. Join Rabbi Schneider today to gain greater knowledge about this biblically foretold day of the Lord. Rabbi Schneider is a voice crying out in our lost world, pointing mankind to Jesus today. for revelation of God's Word? Hello, I'm Cynthia, Rabbi Schneider's wife. Welcome to today's program. Get ready to receive. God bless you today and shalom, beloved ones. My name's Rabbi Schneider. Welcome today to this important episode of Discovering the Jewish Jesus, where we're continuing our study through the book of Revelation. I'm calling this series decrypting the book of Revelation. This is now the second episode of season five in this series. I encourage you to get the entire series. Beloved, last week what I did, since I was just beginning season five, is I did a quick recap. I talked about the major end time events that John outlines for us in the book of Revelation. I talked about the tribulation, the plagues and judgments that will fall upon the earth during the tribulation. Then I talked about the rapture. Today, what I want to speak of is the tribulation leading up to the greatest world war the world will ever see. It's called Armageddon. Now, last week I explained that during the tribulation, there's going to be 21 judgments divided into three sets of seven. It's the last seven judgments that are called the bowls of wrath, and the church will be taken out of the world right before these last seven judgments, once again known as the bowls of wrath. After the church is taken out of the world, the spirit of the devil is going to begin to so enrage the hearts of the world leaders against Israel and against God's people that they're going to all come to Israel for what the scripture calls Harmageddon or Armageddon. I want to read for you a very interesting, curious, and mysterious verse. I'm going now to the book of Revelation, chapter number 16. I'm going to read there verses 13 through 16. Now, these verses, Revelation 16, verses 13 through 16, take place, get it now, right before the last two judgments. In other words, this portion of scripture that I'm going to read for you takes place between the sixth bowl of God's wrath and the final bowl of God's wrath, the seventh bowl of God's wrath. Listen what happens in between these last two final judgments of God upon the world. Now, keep in mind that the only people that are left on the earth at this point are people that are hardened towards the Lord Jesus and towards Father God. The believers have now been taken out of the world at this point in God's prophetic history. Hear the word of God, Revelation 16, beginning in verse number 13. John says this, And I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, three unclean spirits like frogs. For they are spirits of demons, performing signs which go out to the kings of the whole world to gather them together for the war of the great day of God, the Almighty. Then the Lord says, Behold, I am coming like a thief, 
Blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his clothes so that he will not walk about naked and men will not see his shame. And they gathered them together to the place which in Hebrew is called Har-Megiddo or Armageddon, Armageddon. Now I want to go back and I want to look at these three verses here uh, in a slower fashion and pull some things out for us here. Let's begin with verse number 13. John says, I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon, this is Satan, Satan is known as the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, this is known as the uh, uh, satanic trinity. In other words, everything that God does, Satan tries to counterfeit. So we know that in the kingdom, there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? We're baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Where Satan has tried to counterfeit this, where you have Satan who's a counterpart, you know, to the, to the you know, terrible, you know, just I hate to even say it, but he makes himself out to be a father. Jesus called him the father of lies. So we have Satan, and then we have the Antichrist, and then we have the false prophet. All three of these are talked about in the book of Revelation. So once again, he says, I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon, that's Satan, and out of the mouth of the beast, that's the Antichrist, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. And we read in Revelation that the false prophet gives credence to the Antichrist. John says, I saw coming out of their mouths, listen now, three unclean spirits like frogs, and they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the whole world to gather them together for the war of the great day of God Almighty, which John tells us in the 16th verse is Armageddon, Armageddon or Armageddon. I want you to think for a second about this mystery that John describes as these spirits like frogs coming out of Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. What does it mean that these spirits are the spirits of frogs, John said? Well, I've done ministry in the realm of deliverance, helping people that have been infested with demons get free, just like Jesus did. Remember, everywhere, everywhere Jesus went, he did three things. He preached the gospel, he healed the sick, and he cast out the demons with the word. So that same ministry is on God's messengers today, to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, and to drive out demons. So I've been able, by the grace of God, to be used of him to drive demons out of people. And what I have found in my ministry, helping people to become delivered and freed, is that demons, listen now, will sometimes take on the nature, get it now, of a creature. In other words, some of you may even had a dream at night or had a picture come into your mind of a demon, and the demon that you saw was in the form, listen now, of some type of creature. If anybody's ever read Bill Weiss's book, 23 Minutes in Hell, he talks about what it was like in hell, and he talks about these demonic spirits that would attack him, and they were in the form of lizards and reptiles, etc. So the point that I'm making, church, is that demons sometimes take on a creature form. And this is what John is describing here. The creature form that these demons took on in the book of Revelation in these verses that we just read is the creature form of frogs. John says, I saw spirits, unclean spirits in verse 13, like frogs, and they are spirits of demons 
performing signs which go out to the kings of the whole world to gather them together for the war of the great day of God the Almighty. Then in the 16th verse, and they gather them together to the place which in Hebrew is called Harmageddon. We call it in Hebrew Harmageddon, which means uh, it's a mountain, it's a, it's a city built upon a city, it's a, it's a specific location. But what we find, and, and some of you that have gone to Israel have actually seen the place called Armageddon or Armageddon. What we find is, as we study the full prophetic writings in the Hebrew Bible, is that the battle extends far beyond the reaches of just this small valley. It's taking place in Jerusalem, we read in the prophets. It's taking place over much of the land of Israel. But for John's prophetic purposes, he laser beams it on to the center point of this battle in the book of Revelation, Armageddon. I want to talk to you today, church, beloved ones, about this great final world war that the Bible calls Armageddon. We often say Armageddon. First of all, to put it in context, Israel has forever been the central point of the world's political system, of the, the spiritual climate on the earth. Even today, right, President Trump not long ago recognized Jerusalem, and rightly so, of course, it is the capital of Jerusalem, he recognized, of Israel rather, he recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, which it's kind of crazy because Every country has the right to name their own capital. Israel has recognized that Jerusalem is the capital since their you know, earliest days, right? I mean, God said, Jerusalem is my city. So it's crazy that all the other nations of the world have been able to declare this is our capital and the world has respected that and recognized that Yet in the case of Israel, Israel said for centuries, right, even going back to the earliest Bible days, Jerusalem is our capital, and yet what's happened in the last uh, 100 years since Jerusalem was once again, since Israel rather, was once again birthed as a nation? What's happened? The world has failed to recognize Jerusalem as Israel's capital. Well, again, we all know recently our president, Donald Trump, recognized Jerusalem as Israel's capital, and he was condemned by the world for doing it. In fact, there was a United Nations resolution, and 128 nations condemned Donald Trump's decision and rendered it null and void in their eyes as recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. So there has been this animosity towards Israel forever and it's gonna climax once again in Armageddon. Listen to this statistic. Over the course of Israel's history, listen to this now, it has been attacked by other countries 52 times. It has been besieged 23 times. It has been destroyed twice. So forever there's been this intense, violent conflict with the powers of darkness against God, against his people, and against his land. And it's going to climax with Armageddon. And the people that go against Armageddon are going to be demonically infused with a hatred that's beyond any human hatred that you've ever seen. But hear this. It's part of God's sovereign plan. In other words, it's not just that Israel is, is going to be a victim, 
but it's that God is the one behind this whole thing, sovereignly setting it up so he can put an end to his enemies there, listen church, once and for all. Some of the stories you share with us as viewers truly testify to the awesomeness of how God transforms our lives. I was abused by my mother, brother, and step-grandfather. When my mother would beat us, she would say, be afraid of me, not God. I became disillusioned with life and God. In 2012, I ran across your program. I watched with bated breath that I may have finally found my Lord. I learned that the Lord did for me what I could not do for myself. If I shared all the areas of my life your ministry has touched, I'd be writing for weeks. I never knew I could be touched so deeply. Since I've been a partner of Discovering the Jewish Jesus, my cupboards are full. I have to give food away. Most of all, I'm going up the mountain, no longer looking here or there for my Lord. I will be forever grateful. Viewer from Pennsylvania. Praise God. Let's take a look at some scriptures as we continue forward in this process today. I'm reading now from the book of, uh, uh, I'm going to read from the book of uh, Joel, and then I'm going to read again from the book of Zechariah. Hear the word of God. I'm beginning here with Joel chapter 3, verse 2. The Lord says, I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. Then I will enter into judgment with them there on behalf of my people and my inheritance Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations, and they have divided up my land. I want you to notice a few things here. First of all, I'm pointing out there that the Lord is the one that's bringing them down to the valley of decision. That's what Jehoshaphat means, the valley of decision. And again, Armageddon is spread all over the region of Israel. And so the point is, is that this is part of God's way of bringing the entire world to accountability before him. He is bringing them there. He's angry because of the world's persecution of his people and because the Lord said there, listen, they have scattered my people among the nations, listen now, and they have divided up my land. Joel continues in the third chapter, verses 9 through 12 and verse 14. Hear the word of God. Proclaim this among the nations. Prepare a war. Rouse the mighty men. Notice, church, that it's the Lord that's rousing the people of the world. He's the one that's bringing about this final world conflict. Let all the soldiers draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords. In other words, he's wanting the world to come against Israel with sword. And your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I'm a mighty man. Hasten and come, all you surrounding nations, and gather yourselves there. Bring down, O Lord, your mighty ones. Let the nations be aroused and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. The Lord continues in the book of Zechariah as the conflict escalates in the 12th chapter, the second and third verse. Behold, the Lord says, I'm going to make Jerusalem a cup that causes reeling to all the peoples around. And when the siege is against Jerusalem, it will also be against Judah. It will come about in that day that it will make Jerusalem a heavy stone for all the peoples, 
all who lift it will be severely injured. And all the nations, listen, and all the nations on the earth will be gathered against it. Listen to the harmony there and the unity between what John tells us in the book of Revelation, where he tells us here in chapter 16 of Revelation that God is going to release these demonic spirits into the hearts and minds of the kings of the earth to gather them together for the great war of God. And he's going to do it in Israel with Armageddon being the centerpiece of it all. You think of that and think about what Zechariah says. It's the same exact thing. Zechariah tells us that God is going to gather the nations of the world against Jerusalem. And why is God going to do it? So that he can break in and destroy his enemies. In verse uh, 8 and 9 of Zechariah 12, we read this. In that day, the Lord will defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And the one who is feeble among them in that day will be like David. And the house of David will be like God, like the angel of the Lord before them. And in that day, the Lord says, I will set about to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. Now, it's important to realize, though, church, that it's not as though Jerusalem is going to be able to face this battle and be unscathed by it, because it actually is going to appear in the midst of this battle before Abba breaks in and destroys all his enemies through his son. It's actually going to appear as though Jerusalem and Israel will be wiped off the face of the earth forever. It's going to be nearly destroyed before God breaks in. God is going to show up at the last moment. We read in Zechariah 14 too, I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle. Listen, and the city will be captured. So the Lord says, I'm going to gather the nations against Israel, against Jerusalem. And it says, and the city, listen now, will be captured. The houses plundered. The women ravished, listen now, and half of the city exiled, but the rest of the people will not be cut off from the city. And just as it appears as though Jerusalem is going to com be completely trodden over, just as it would appear that there is no hope left, suddenly Jesus is going to break through the sky with his mighty angels and flaming fire and the horses of God and the armies of heaven behind him along with his saints and he's going to destroy the enemies and then set up his kingdom, beloved ones, on the earth. We read about this in Zechariah 14, 3 through 5. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord abides forever. Hear the word of God. The Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as when he fights on a day of battle. In that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which is in front of Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives will be split in its middle from east to west by a very large valley, so that half the mountain will move toward the north and the other half towards the south. You will flee by the valley of my mountains, for the valley of the mountains will reach to Ezel. And it says, and the Lord will come and his holy ones with him. It's amazing to me that when God appears to stop the battle and destroy his enemies, the place that his appearance is first seen, we read, is at, listen now, the Mount of Olives. Listen again. In front of Jerusalem on the east at the Mount of Olives, and listen, listen, 
This is the same exact spot that in Acts chapter 1, the disciples saw Jesus visibly ascend to heaven from. So in other words, the place where the apostles and the disciples saw Jesus be lifted off the earth into the heavens, that place in Acts 1 was the Mount of Olives. That's where Jesus ascended to heaven from. When he returns, where will he return to? Zechariah tells us, listen, the Mount of Olives. It is an amazing thing to me when I see the unity between what the Hebrew prophets tell us and what's revealed in the New Testament. And I love this, that the place that Jesus ascended to heaven from in Acts 1 is the same place his feet will first hit the ground to when he returns to stop the battle of Armageddon, claim his people, and set up his kingdom on the earth. Beloved, we don't have to be rocket scientists to see and to understand that God is getting ready. He's setting the stage right now to bring about the nations of the world again against Jerusalem. Anti-Semitism is growing all over the earth right now, even on college campuses, Sweden, Austria, Poland, France, all over the earth. There's a resurgence of anti-Semitism, and it is all in preparation for the world to condemn Israel and turn against her once again, even as was evidenced by the recent vote of the United Nations to condemn Donald Trump for recognizing Jerusalem as Israel's capital. But the Lord said, stand with me, stand with my people, and be true to my cause, and you will be rewarded. To say the book of Revelation is a heavy word from the Lord is an understatement. Jesus said in the book of Revelation chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, these words, Because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich. You see, the people in the church of Laodicea that he was addressing here, they thought they were wealthy, but they didn't know God. They didn't love God. Jesus said, I advise you to buy from me pure gold. Beloved ones, I want to encourage you, don't let your money separate you from God. And I say the same thing to myself. Jesus talked a lot about the relationship between God and money or God and mammon because he knew that man had to make a choice. Would he choose God or would he choose money? I want to encourage you to believe God and trust Him with your finances. Beloved, when we're faithful to God with our finances, it sets the rest of our life in order with Him. I love you, beloved ones. God bless you today, and thank you for watching Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Here is how you can partner with us. Send your tax-deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. To make a credit card donation, call 1-800-777-7835 or text the keyword rabbi to 45777. To donate securely online, go to discoveringthejewishjesus.com. To show our appreciation, we will send you an audio CD of Rabbi Schneider's Message of the Month, as well as our most recent newsletter. To learn more about this ministry and for more information about Rabbi Schneider's rich spiritual resources, or Messianic Music by Joshua James, go to discoveringthejewishjesus.com.
We're glad you joined us today and we want to pray for you. Send us your prayer request by mail or visit us at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Our prayer team meets every Monday to pray over each and every prayer request. Also, if you have a testimony of how the Lord has used this ministry to change your life, we invite you to share it with us. Visit us at our website and click on the testimonies link. And finally, thank you for your prayers and your financial support. In supporting Discovering the Jewish Jesus, you become a partner with God in building His kingdom. May our Father pour abundantly back into your life as you partner together with us. Bold and inspiring. A simple and clear interpretation. The book of Revelation Decoded by Rabbi K.A. Schneider with nearly 40 years of experience in connecting the Old and New Testaments. Go on a thrilling and intriguing ride for every believer. Your journey will be guided by the lens of the Hebrew prophets. Unlock and uncover answers to ancient mysteries and hidden keys that will affect your life today. Receive God's blessing. The book of Revelation Decoded. Purchase your copy today by calling 1-800-777-7835 or at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. The Lord gave Moses specific instructions as to how to bless the children of Israel in the book of Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 through 27. The Lord instructed Moses this way. He said, thus you shall bless the sons of Israel. Speak this over them. Yahweh bless you and keep you. Yahweh make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Yahweh lift you up with his countenance and Yahweh give you peace. Then the Lord said, thus you shall bless the sons of Israel and I will place my name upon them. I want to release that exact same blessing into your life right now, beloved one. The Bible says that you've been grafted in to the commonwealth of Israel. Lift your hands in faith with me, will you, to receive Father's blessing. Yahweh, Vaishmarecha Yair Yahweh Panavelecha Vihunecha Yisa Yahweh Panavelecha Veasem Lecha Shalom. Father God is continually imparting Himself to you by His Spirit in the name of Yeshua the Messiah. He loves you and always will. God bless you in Jesus' name. I love you too. Shalom. You've been watching today and something is happening. You just sense this almost a tension in your heart right now. You, you, you sense that God is doing something and you're not even quite sure how to respond. I just want you to know the person that you're feeling is Jesus. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door of your heart and am knocking. And if you'll open up to me, I'm going to come in and we're going to live life together. Listen, if you'd like to invite Jesus into your heart right now, all you have to do is say, Jesus, please forgive me. I'm a sinner. Come into my life and save me. I want to follow you. Now, if you just prayed that prayer, 
or even if you want to know more about Jesus, I encourage you to go to the website now that's appearing at the bottom of your screen. Beloved, we want to get some information into your hands. God's got a great life ahead for you. Experience discovering the Jewish Jesus, how you want and when you want. View Rabbi's weekly devotional, Seeds of Revelation, on Facebook. Watch full episodes on YouTube. Download Rabbi's teaching on our mobile app. And read special letters from Cynthia or send a prayer request to our website. Stay connected with one of our many free resources today. Coming up next week, conclude this informative end time series exploring the climatic return of King Jesus.